Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today. Hiya, and welcome to episode 15 of Potterooney. And this week I'm going to be interviewing Catherine Lynch, who you all know from working on RTE TV with her programs Working Girls, Single Ladies and Wonder Women and an audience with Catherine Lynch. I'll be talking to her later. Right during the week I have I've taken my children to the dentist and uh, 60 euro, 60 euro and they went in. First one came in, nothing wrong, out in two minutes. Second one went in, nothing wrong with their teeth, out in two minutes. 60 euro, 60 euro, I was wishing there was something wrong. Isn't there a cavity? Isn't there a tooth you can pull? I want my money's worth. 60 euro, do something to their teeth. So that's it, I'm hiding their toothbrushes. I've got a real big problem with uh, people putting up um, big life events on Facebook because I don't think it warrants... It wouldn't, you know, I saw a thing on Facebook recently which really annoyed me. It was like somebody had died and uh, and then, you know, they say someone's died, you put the post up and then people comment. And they just casually comment. So it's like, oh, sorry to hear that. R-I-P, or capital R dot capital I, capital P. That's fine. Then the next one is, um, you know, sorry about that, uh, capital R, small I. Small P, and then just capital R I P rip. Sorry to hear about that. Rip, rip. Sorry to hear about that. That's very sad. Rip. That's insulting. Rip. And the most insulting of all that I saw was capital R dot small I dot small O dot. Someone had written Rio. They didn't go back and check it. Surely, if you, it's a big thing, someone has died. Would you just check check your comment? No. Sorry to hear about that. Rio. Rio, R-I-O, what the fuck does that mean? Rest in what? Rest in Ohio? Rest in Overpass? Rest in Oblivion? Rest in Offaly? What the f... It's just... When I die, no one mention it on Facebook or Twitter. Just come to the funeral. Or don't mention it on Facebook. And the other thing that, oh, oh, this is another one. Yeah, I was in the supermarket. Oh, my dog decided to walk around while I'm recording this. Yeah. And uh, I was in the supermarket. So I'm in the supermarket and he's shopping away. And then this announcement comes over the tannoy. You know the tannoy announcement? It's like... Or she has to talk like that. Why do you have to talk like that? What was the interview for Tannoy announcer in Tesco's? It's like, okay, we're looking for a Tannoy announcer and uh, just tell us what you can bring to the job. Well, I have a degree in Tannoy announcing. I studied for three years in the TAU, Tannoy Announcing University. I studied under the great Tannoy announcer, Sheila Delaney. Here are some examples of my work. Brian and Stores, please come to the checkout. Brian and Stores, please come to the checkout. Maria to all six, please. Maria to all six, please. Fucking hell. Anyway, 
So, uh, here we are. I'm talking to Catherine Lynch, uh, who uh, you all know from the shows Working Girls, Single Ladies, Wonder Women. And I've met Catherine Lynch a long, long time ago, and she came to a show that me and Patrick McDonald did. And she's gone a different um, way to get in a comedy. She didn't do all the usual clubs. She did the gay clubs, and she did, you know, characters and sketches and stuff like that. And uh, I say fair play to her. And uh, have a, we had a lovely talk, so have a listen to this. We're on now. We're on, we're on the minute the minute you come in the room. <laughs> really? Well, I was thinking that I, I wasn't going to tell your audience that uh, you had lost the last interview. No, I'm fine. I'm, I'm going to admit that uh, publicly. <laughs> that, uh, I made a boo-boo. Yeah, well, I just get to have a, a hangout again, so it's great. And uh, Yeah, but it's uh, it's really good of you to come back second time, so I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> what have you been doing in the meantime? In the meantime, what have I been doing? Um... Uh, putting in proposals with my production company mm-hmm. and some of them have been received and uh, yeah yeah and little kind of um, doc- uh, um, pilots to be made yeah that sort of thing oh, so nothing concrete but yeah. yeah but little bits of teasers of financial teasers to tease things out which is good yeah oh because last time you were telling me about some uh, reality reality program t- hairdresser thing yeah, yeah. That's, that is probably not going to happen now which is probably that's uh, oh. uh, world news <laughs> <laughs> breaking news but, yeah, yeah breaking news so that yes mm. you see the thing about a production company is that you some things work and some things don't work but you have to constantly propose and constantly mm. you know humiliate yourself and go but the, the rejection doesn't affect you then um, no no it's a personal rejection would like with my own personal comedy but stuff for the production company no I don't give a damn Mm. that's just throwing shit shit at a wall you know so and see which sticks see which sticks so all the stuff you're doing is shit is it yeah totally but (laughs) television isn't far off shit is it really (laughs) comedy is probably the 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 sophisticated Uh, side of television it's the high art of TV comedy yeah yeah, so I know, like, I mean, we, I get, I, I'm stupid about that. I did, did kind of get, you know, go, oh, rejected, you know. And I mean, when you hear about an American, um, a lot of the American comedians that have made it have been about in about 10 pilots that were rejected. Of course, yeah. And they just keep going on and on and on. I know, yeah. But rejection here is so um, magnified yeah. because we all know each other and it's like, oh, Joel's show wasn't taken or Catherine's show wasn't taken or whatever. So it's a little bit more... I suppose we're just more sensitive as well, Irish people than Americans. They just go, just dust yourself just, off, honey, um, and just get back on your horse. Yeah, you're <laughs> not trying to succeed. You're just trying to fail better. Yeah, it's all that jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, uh, yeah, it is a small community. And the one thing we like is when someone else gets rejected. Everyone knows about that. <laughs> if <you'd> Absolutely. Actually, <laughs> have you heard about that? It's actually an English thing as well. There's a, a joke about... Um, Two comedians meet in London and they, one goes, oh, I haven't seen you in ages. What have you been up to? And he goes, oh, how, did you not hear? I, was, I went to America. It just wasn't working for me here. And I went to America. And he goes, no, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and it started getting good gigs. It was touring all over America. Really didn't hear about that. And uh, then I got uh, on The Tonight Show. That went really well. I got on again and uh, I got my own sitcom over there. And your man's going, no, I didn't hear anything about that. 
I said, what are you doing over here? And he's going, I just thought I'd come back and try, just try stand up back in, in England again. And actually, I, I was down in the King's Head last week and uh, died in my arse. And your man goes, yeah, I heard about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> no way. But that is a typical comedian's kind of thing. You you, you, you hear about the failures. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I kind of don't um, do a lot of the uh, just regular stand-up or hang out in the, at the festivals or yeah. do the international or that because I don't really like that kind of competitive uh, nitpick and begrudgery. So, so I you, just go to gay bars. <laughs> there's no begrudgery in gay bars? <laughs> no. Oh, God. I suppose my drag sisters, there is. <laughs> but no, there's more like a, a camaraderie, really. Yeah. I have to say, yeah. Big time. And... Um, yeah, no, because everyone is kind of, you're not there unless you're 100% individual and different from each other. And nobody, mm. there's kind of a, a, code of, co, a code of conduct that you don't copy each other, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Well, that's when I'm hanging out with the drags. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think there's probably, it has been a bit of, over the years, been a bit of snobbery in the stand-up uh, venues. Yeah, there has been a lot of snobbery, especially towards anyone who's wearing a costume, you know. So mm. if you're not standing up talking about... Um, how shit your life is in a funny way. <laughs> or being very subtle. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think that's improving. There's loads of really great. I went to. It uh, is improving because yeah. the older guys aren't in the clubs anymore. Yeah, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Almost dead. Almost yeah. dead. <laughs> they should have a comedy club called Almost Dead. Almost Dead. <laughs> I can imagine who would be playing that one. I was going to mention some names. But. No, don't. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no, because me and Paul Tyler started off actually uh, doing mad, crazy stuff with wigs. And I, thought, we all, I always felt there was an air of, hmm, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Subtle, sorry. Yeah, the subtlety is, yeah, but, and very few, it's like poetry, very few stand ups can actually do it, you know? Mm. So you're like going to these gigs and having to listen to 10 people who are absolutely crap. Well, yes. for two people who are great. You 10 know? people trying to be Dylan Moran. Yeah. And uh, it's very hard to be Dylan Moran. It's very hard to be Dylan Moran or Tommy or, or even Bill yourself. Hicks or or, yeah, Bill Hicks. We'll put, we'll put uh, Bill Hicks in there. But uh, yeah, mm. he was amazing. My God, I loved Bill Hicks. Yeah, but he did spawn an awful lot of fucking shite stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. He angry did. against the world kind of stuff. I suppose, and so did Oasis. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> lots I, of crap I, music I, and I, the Beatles and, you know, everyone tries to mimic the best. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they make it look easy and it's not easy. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, okay, well, let's, uh, so where, you're, uh, do you go back to Leitrim at all much now I these do, days? yeah. I was, I was back there actually just uh, at the weekend. We had a fantastic family uh, gathering because my uncle was 50 years a priest so that's what wow. we were celebrating so I never thought I'd be sitting there at a table with the bishops and you there was know, more uh, clergy there uh, the, loads of clergy and yeah. Uh, the yeah it was quite intimidating in the beginning because bishops can be quite very serious looking dudes mm. and uh, so it was my turn to this uh, particular uncle of mine is just a really nice man and he comes in for his dinner and his breakfast and his... Oh, no, he doesn't come for his breakfast. He comes in for his lunch and his dinner every day to my mom. 
who's his sister mm-hmm. and he has a normal life with us because he doesn't have a like a housekeeper so we kind of keep his life a bit normal and he hears all the crap that goes on he like loved what I did in television we sit down and watch Father Ted together so he's like a cool priest you know <laughs> he loves you wait till I tell, you, tell him I was talking to you <laughs> um, and uh, yeah so I had to get up and do the speech for the family so at the very end of it I did all the niceties of course and at the very end of it I said well now that I have the bishops here I'd like to announce that Father John is leaving the priesthood he's been having an affair with uh, Geraldine Rowley for 20 years so good night and <laughs> I was lucky enough that they laughed <laughs> Because, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the bishop actually spluttered his uh, water at the time into uh, out. Yeah. And, um, Not another one gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few of them left. Yeah, so it got a good laugh. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's very hard. What a life, though. My God, 50 years of priest. Yeah. It's the subtext I, I can't <laughs> deal with. I remember doing, I think being a priest. Now, you know, we, we've had our controversies with priests. But one thing I feel sorry for them is the uh, the loneliness, I'd say, of being, yeah. just not having. I was doing it uh, years and years ago. They, I used to be called in to model clothes on some morning type show on RTE, you know. Cool, um, I don't believe you. I'd love to see that footage. Yeah, I know, yeah. Mad <laughs> stuff, like with a theme usually like Star Trek or something like that. And uh, and there was a priest on and he was a bit shook, you know. And then I was like, trying to say, now, how are you? You're right there, you know. And I went, oh, he said, oh, there was a car crash out in, out in his parish or something mm. and two young fellas killed. And he was in bits. Of course he was, because he probably had know? to go and give them the last rites. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I wonder, are they half prepared for all that sort of stuff? Well, and presumably yeah. they have no therapy here. You know what I mean? They, which they should have. You, of course. You, you should have. Yeah, I can't. I, and I, like uh, my, that, that particular priest was, like he he was uh, a parish priest only in, mm. or not a parish priest, a curate, mm. only in Granard when the whole baby thing happened in Granard. Um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, they see weird things, you know. And do wonder do they get do they get insulted by you know do people think all priests are paedophiles? Do yeah, people like, just think, insult see, them in this, you know. Yeah, that's it. This I know I'm supposed to be a comedian, but my thing on <laughs> on the paedophile thing is that paedophiles entered the church so that they could actually have a ground to oh to, yeah to work. With. Absolutely, totally agree, and that's why they yeah. became pop stars as well, like yeah. Gary Glitter, or whatever you know, because they knew that was a way in. Yeah, it's total ego. Like it's this kind of uh, really warped sickness and ego mixed that you know and they know where to go it's like a very manipulative thing i think yeah like if yeah. you're that way inclined you're going to look at some way where you'll gain trust with children you know, yeah exactly or so, young people yeah so i do feel sorry for the good priests and i'm supposed i'm sure there was some you know are, and there are some and that priest was particularly one but yeah but they were let down by the people above them because yeah. they should have weeded out the bad fellas and Which, uh, yeah whatever sacked them is it is that what you call it when you're yeah. Not a priest you're, anymore. You're you're fired. You're, you're fired. <laughs> you're just not good enough. Dragon's as a, Den as a priest. priest. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> that that pilot for that, you know. Yeah. A, a dragon's not Dragon's Den. What is it? The apprentice a big, type priest. Big priest, you could call it. Don't <laughs> have like a house full of priests. Now the three is. I want you to go out on the streets. I want you to hear twenty confessions today. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come back with any excuses. Yeah. And we want carb-free wafers, please, for the communion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sell those wafers. Sell them. Yeah. But yeah, so, but yeah. Um, like, you must have had loads of controversy when Father Ted came out first. Were you in the first 
few second episodes, series, second, second series. series, yeah. So it wasn't as bad then as was uh, No, well, I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> I just played a character. See, I think my character was very unbelievable as a priest. He, I don't think there are any priests like Father Damo. Do you know what I mean? That was kind of <laughs> really oh. rebellious. <laughs> didn't, you know what I mean? A priest going, what? what? Do you ever do a, think of doing a spin-off and just do a Father Damo show? I'd love to have Father Damo living in New York with, uh, I don't know, a girl and a gay fella or something. Yeah, it would be hilarious. Yeah. I played the girl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Call <laughs> Arthur. We're going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to call Arthur on that one. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, no, last time... He could be working in the projects. He could be working in the projects in New York. Yeah, he would be, and yeah. like a... Oh, my well, God. Ra- you're rapping, are you? Yeah. You're going to rap. He'd be rapping his mass and everything. <laughs> Yo, we're going to tell you about it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm, nothing rhymes with Jesus, Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, so uh, let's go back to... Let's go back to you... Okay, so you're back in, uh, that's where you grew up. You grew up in Leitrim. Now, I know that your, your parents, I know a lot about you because I've already interviewed you. <laughs> and, and, Total and recall. <laughs> your father was, uh, was it? Your father was involved in drama. Yeah, no, my father was an mm. agricultural advisor. But oh, in that's what it was. Time, <laughs> it's nothing to do with drama. Nothing to do with drama. <laughs> they used to get cows together to do sketches. <laughs> sketches, yeah. <laughs> I used to do, I used to sing to the cows. I grew up on a farm. Yeah. And they do look at you and kind of, they look like they're interested. Yeah. The, mm, that sounds interesting. <laughs> but, mm. but yeah, no, he's an agricultural advisor and he uh, was a nine to fiver, I suppose. So he had loads of spare mm. time. And uh, evenings in Leitrim can be quite long. So mm. he wrote comedy sketches in his spare time for Score. If you remember Score, Score and Oge and Score. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a... a it's, it's like part, Tops of the Towns. No, it's part of no? the GAA, actually. Oh, so you okay. have handball and you have Score and you have the G, the football and the hurling. So the, I think there's another one. I don't know what it is, but um, there's five elements to it. Camogie. Um, yeah. Mm. Good for you. And... Uh, so he did the sketches, which were the uh, it was six minute sketch sketches for the competitions. And we went into the competitions. I think that's where I kind of, you know, kind of d- had my belly full of competition such because we used to take it so seriously. Like my mm. mom would be on costume, dad on the script and my brother, if there was any smoke needed, he'd be on a big fat cigar at the side of the stage. Really? Yeah. At what age was he smoking oh, yeah. cigars? Probably about seven. Going, yeah. Come on, John, smoke. <laughs> and uh, and my father was always, they always adjudicators. And to be honest, I'm not being biased, but they were really good. But they were too rude, crude and lewd, which is uh, reviews I've got in the since. Mm. But um, and that's what the they were. The, because it was the GA and it was a bit kind of Middle Ireland, uh, white freckled, red haired gossens on the stage. Um, mm. Ours was always uh, reviewed. Uh, we always came second because it was great little production and all that. Or we always and it always say a bit rude and lewd and crude. And my father would say, "That's what you want. That's what yeah, you want." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the audience, <laughs> yeah. I presume, loved it. The audience but loved it. But judges like, were yeah. like, "Well, it's a bit crude." Yeah, it's a bit crude. A bit too funny, really. Well, to be honest, now I didn't like when she said funny. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I've had so many times, uh, because I supported Pat Short. No, 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 nothing against Pat Short, but his audience would be very conservative and his stuff was pretty clean. Yeah. I had 17 women walk out. I was really? Yeah, because I did a thing about doggy stuff. I said, uh, 
when I was I was very innocent and uh, I was with a girl and she asked me to do it doggy style and I pretended I knew what she was talking about. And I said, yeah, of course I'll do that. So I jumped out of bed and started licking me balls. And uh, 17. I love that. 17 women, the group just walked out. Did they really? This is in uh, Longford, yeah. No, Long. it was, was it? Yeah, no, Tipperary Town. Jesus, and they're all, they're mm. all having sex with each other in Tipperary Town. Jesus. No, I know. Hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. But so. uh, yeah, well, God, that's, my, my shows are totally not safe at all. Mm. But um, I love that. I love, it's hilarious. Like, as kids, it's a real childish thing. Near the mic, Sorry. bring the mic to you. Sorry, you it's want. a real yeah. childish thing mm. to want to say bum and willy and all those things. So yeah. That has always remained with me. And I just love when I go, uh, going out on stage and just saying the rude, obnoxious things. Not obnoxious. Yeah. I don't like to be obnoxious, but just the rude. Well, 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 well kitsch, I camp. Isn't that what comedy almost is about? It's about talking about taboo subjects. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's, a, yeah. it's an arena where you're allowed to do that. Yeah. And I suppose my type of comedy is not intelligent comedy like I can be an intelligent person my own and read Steinbeck in my own armchair but when mm. I'm doing my performance I just want to go out and entertain people and take them away from their whole bullshit of life you know for an hour mm. or whatever two hours if they listen to me <laughs> but mm. uh, yeah so I, I love it for that I don't take it I, I did take it properly seriously we all take ourselves too seriously at some stage in our lives so mm. I probably did take it too seriously at one stage, but now I just know what it is. It's like it works. So and people like it. So, yeah, but look, I mean, uh, comedy shouldn't really be a mental thing. It shouldn't be, uh, you know, it should hit you straight away. Yeah. Almost straight to the brain without straight to the gut without you thinking about it. You know, exactly. That's the real laugh. And it's the, mm. the kind of the, sh- the little shock, shocking and a little bit bold and a little bit rude and all that sort of stuff just works. And especially for girls, because we're going to get a hard time if we stand up and do the stand up thing. I don't know whether, you, you know, there's very few girls who can do the stand up really well. There's mm. Eleanor, you know, who's Sharon Mannion. Is Sharon brilliant. is brilliant, actually. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, yeah. But yeah. The, the rest of them, but, like there's a few really good ones, but there's still mm. very few that are. Like, you have to be a genius. You know, you really have to. It's like poetry. You nearly have to be so good mm. that 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 people get every single morsel of what you're saying. You know, like Tommy has that. He's a poet and a, and a mm. performer. And, uh, you know, it's... I think, uh, I think uh, f- uh, female comedians need to apply their own for not try to be like male comedians. And there's a That's great... That's totally true. I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And there's a girl I saw... God, I can't remember her name. An English girl. But she did a show called What Would Beyonce Do? <laughs> I love and the title. I saw her second show actually, but it's absolutely brilliant. And she talks about body um, image and all that kind of stuff. But then at one point, she just she takes off all her clothes except her pants and bra, and yeah. she just goes, "What's wrong with you know? What's yeah. wrong with this and all that?" And then she jumps on a guy in the audience. Oh, it's brilliant! Just, it's just brilliant, no, you know. Like- and that's what you know. Obviously, do something that a man couldn't do, you know. Yeah, basically, exactly. But um, also like a. Yeah, like a bit of costume, a bit of glamour too. I don't know whether mm. females should be standing there in a t-shirt and jeans. And mm. <laughs> I, I know that sounds sexist, but is it is a feminism in a way is to go out there and express yourself as a woman while you're yep. being funny. And funny enough, the it's a, all the the really good female comedians do that. Like you know the Joan Rivers and the Bette Midlers and the you know the. I can't remember anymore. Some female comedians would say to me that uh, if you look better than 
the girls in the audience, they don't like that. Really? Mm. Well, I must have never then. (laughs) 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 I suppose my character is so grotesque that they all feel very comfortable in my audience. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's what that's what one particular... I can't remember what girl said that, but um, she must have been good looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was better looking than all the girls in the audience. Yeah. But, uh, she fancied herself, didn't she? <laughs> she <did>. God, no, <laughs> Maybe I said that in the last interview. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think... So. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so, so basically, when you you, you uh, started doing comedy, then you didn't go near any of. No, the... I didn't. But I'm open to stuff like that mm. now. I want to downsize a little bit of my productions are too That's big. That's why you're going to the gym, is it? Going to the, I'm <laughs> downsizing. I'm going to the gym. I've lost my knees so far. <laughs> I'm working on two big toes. <laughs> downsize this operation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh god, the gym is hard. Anyway, mm. that's another story. Mm. Um, yeah. Catherine Lynch and the Dumbbells might be the next, the name of my next show. <laughs> yeah, they could be your backing group, the yeah, Dumbbells. The Dumbbells. The Dumblondes. Yeah. <laughs> the Kettlebells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Lynch and the Kettlebells coming to a theatre near you yeah. soon. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's great. No, I just had to go. Well, look, what I'm hitting the, I'm, I think I'm having a midlife crisis, so I had to go to the gym or... Or commit suicide. I don't know which one to do. <laughs> I went to the gym. I think the gym's better. Yeah, the gym's actually. better. That would be my advice to anyone you know, listening. Yeah, Holt is if really that's cold. the choice, gym, please. Yeah. Not suicide, yeah. the gym. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh my uh, God, if Barry Egan's listening, he'll go, Catherine Lynch went to the gym instead of committing suicide. <laughs> that will be Sunday independent. <laughs> and there'll be a photograph of you and um, him that he just jumped on top yeah, of you and took his, me. Take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's on Holt. Here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. God. I caught on to his hair. That's the only yeah. way it saved me. Mm, no, but I just thought it was bad luck to commit mm. suicide when there was a red haired man on the bridge. <laughs> but think of what he'll write about. As, okay, let's as move the on. Salty tears dropped from the pier into the. Into the uh, Irish Sea, is it? The, the ocean, if you're the ocean. <laughs> Um, I could hear her soul scream. I want to be taken seriously. I'm not just a clown. <laughs> to the fool, if you think it's over, come on by Elke Brooks in the background. That's <laughs> Catherine. Luckily, I was there. <laughs> you were there too, Joe. No, Barry Egan. I'm oh, being Barry. Barry Egan. Oh, you're being Barry. Sorry. Being Barry I thought Egan. you were there. <laughs> you haven't I come into my there. dreams I in could, a while. I could be there. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> What are you doing in your dreams? <laughs> I don't surfing. Just watch, watching. <laughs> Just watching. Yeah, but that wasn't a dream. I was. That was me outside your window. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're off the point there. What were you talking about? Uh, so you you didn't you didn't go for the stand up clubs. <laughs> no, actually, what happened to me we've, was we've I won- skipped actually just you leaving home and everything. <laughs> I left home. Yeah, end of story. End of story. But uh, no, what happened was um, I left home and I became a hairdresser in Longford. Oh, okay. I went 11 miles up the road and paid mm-hmm. 11 euros rent mm-hmm. <laughs> and worked for 11 months. Oh, you had your own hairdressing. I know. I, I, well, I had that later on in Dublin, but I, I worked as a little apprentice hairdresser in Longford and that was as much as I uh, needed mm. freedom at the time. I just was very connected to um, Mohill and the weekends and my friends and mm. all that sort of stuff. And then I, well, I just packed my handkerchief, threw it across my shoulder and headed to Dublin then um, yeah. in my 20s. 
and uh, ended up working in an antique shop, ended up working as a reflexologist, as a hairdresser, mm. as a barber, mm. as a waitress. And then I went to Bull Alley, which is a really prestigious school of acting. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, no looking back. Then. Yeah, no looking back there. It was yeah. tough work. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so I had great fun there. But did you do any sketches there then? I did, yeah. Well, yeah. what happened was that I started working in a gay uh, cafe called small talk to try and have a few bob to keep me going during mm-hmm. the week and um it was a cafe that opened from um uh like oh, was obscene actually it was hilarious somebody should really write the movie of it because mm. upstairs we had it was the first uh, wave of refugees coming into ireland so upstairs we had all these fantastic beautiful african women and men who were kind of political refugees with lots of money type of thing and they thought that we were their slaves downstairs because mm. we were working the restaurant so you'd have hey I, I didn't want this i didn't want that and i want this egg and i was like fuck off you and mm. uh, mm. but we became fuck great pals yeah <laughs> Yeah, fuck off, back to Africa. <laughs> Stop taking our eggs. <laughs> but um, yeah, but we became great pals and it was lovely because it was kind of like uh, the gay cafe downstairs and the Africans upstairs and they were slightly mm. homophobic and we were mm. like just having our, our life. And um, then you were slightly it, racist. And, but it all came together. Yeah, it all came together. <laughs> nearly did. I was nearly going to say and you that. you all changed. Oh, we all changed utterly <laughs> and terrible beauties were born, especially me. But <laughs> mm. the... Uh, um, it, it opened at seven o'clock in the morning. Then I went to Bull Alley at nine. So I had about mm. two hours sleep for about a year and a half. Mm. But it was great fun. And uh, it was like a wild cafe. It was the breakfast first upstairs and then it had serviced as a restaurant all day. And then it turned into this mental speakeasy at night that opened till seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah where we served whiskey in teapots oh and we had God. every kind of like we had Naomi Campbell in it and the U2 crowd. Yeah. We had Tarantino one night in it and yeah, Marina Servino and I sang them Caledonia and they cried. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know why. I think they were coming up in their ears or something. But, <laughs> coming down. Probably. Coming down. So they cried. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that was a great experience. And then where was that a cafe? It's where Chow Bella's is now. Chow Bella. Yeah. And what was it called? I think I might have been called Small Talk Cafe. You probably were. This was when like you couldn't get after hours drinks. Yeah. So So you had to be sneaky about it. And people used to go from seven o'clock then straight to the early house and back. And oh, my God, it was a decadent time, I have to say. And it was Mm. good fun. Um, But why I'm saying that is that through that, the the lads in the cafe said, come on, Catherine, you're going into alternative Ireland. That's it. And Mm. I went, what? And they went, it's a, uh, what's that? And they went, it's a competition for drag queens. And I went, well, I'm not a drag queen. They went, ah, yes, you are. Because <laughs> at the time I wore lashes all the time, mm. hair extensions and boots and fur coats. And I was just like, thought I was great. Mm. Um, and I so wasn't when I look at the pictures. I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? No, but, but um, you've got to put yeah, it out there. You have you? to put it out there. <laughs> that, those, those years are great when they're in your 20s and you think you know everything. Mm. But um, so, yeah. So anyway, I went, OK, so we had no budget. We had 50 pounds. That'll tell you how long ago it was. The pounds were in. And we went to Oxfam's and got bought every single bit that was red and white and um, some gingham. Mm. And we did a, a character called Tampi Laletta, periodically obsessed country and western star. Right. So, uh, yeah. so I entered Alternative Ireland, hosted by the great Panty now. Yeah, Panty uh, Bliss. Yeah, Panty Bliss was right. hosted Salt by Panty. Body and Soul, and, and she was amazing. Brilliant, isn't it? Did yeah. you see my, my section in it, or was it on? No. There's a section where me and Panty go off to the Maury Palvey show in New York, and uh, we, uh, I pretend I'm Panty's sister. 
And the whole uh, premises of the show is that Mary's like, I have five drag queens here and they all have sisters or brothers that want to see them out of drag. They're tired of seeing them in their clubs and blah, blah. Mm. So I have Catherine and Rory here from County Mayo. Yeah. And of course, we're sitting there lying our asses off to the whole of America for a free flight over to New York. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and accommodation <laughs> and a, a disco limo outside, which I'd never seen. Uh, what is a disco limo? A disco limo. It's a, a limo with a um, like a disco dis- in it disco with disco ball, ball and okay. music yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, this yeah. was years ago, so it was mm. like now they have them for hen parties and stuff. Mm. So yeah, so I'm gone off. Yeah. So anyway, so that's I got involved. So this is where you hoodwinked them. Hoodwinked yeah. them. Oh, yeah. what I was um, going to say, he probably didn't show that in Body and Soul yeah. because it was just in a tent thing. So yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he was brilliant. Well, yeah, he's so smart, isn't he? Mm. And very um, honest. Very honest. And there's little yeah. kids there. Yeah. And he's talking about all sorts of things. Yeah. I thought totally. it was hilarious. How Ireland has changed. I know. Parents brought their kids in. They didn't care, you know. Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. care because he does have an honesty that's a kind of um, infiltrates an anything. And I suppose mm. that's the truth is, is undeniable, isn't it? Like, or, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just that he can be honest and come out with the hard stuff as uh, because he's so entertaining. He can make yeah. it nice. He yeah. kind of sugarcoats the real... Hard stuff, you know, because he yeah. talks about AIDS and living yeah. with AIDS and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. and things. I know. Yeah. And he has it for years because I've, I've known that for years, like, and I've been friends with him for years. Mm. And uh, yeah. So anyway, he hosted the Alternatives Ireland. And then we had our little trip over to America in the meantime. And um, so I won Alternatives Ireland. So that's yeah. what kind of catapulted me into the microcosm situation of the gay scene and having a residency called Bru- Busty's G-Spot. What was it called, sorry? Busty's G-Spot. Busty's G-Spot. Yeah. Great. So and did that char- did you develop that character then from, yeah. from that that so, was a regular character you did then? Yeah, but Tampi Lillette Tampi was Lillette. kind of like, she was kind of um, zygist enough for the night. I didn't really do her after that. Right. She was a periodically obsessed country and western star and she was yee-haw and she was a bit too loud for smaller stages, you know. Okay, okay. Um, so mm. Busty... And Little Miss Muff, who was um, Little Miss Muff, she was uh, Muffy the paedophile slayer. So. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and, fantastic. <laughs> and then there's Liz Hurley, who we went on to television mm. with and singing Bernie Walsh. And mm. God, like, I mean, they were all controversial, but it was in a gay bar. So I was walking out as a traveler woman, you know, before anyone was kind of doing it. And then people mm. were going, oh, my God. I got in trouble lots of times, but and then playing closet lesbians and mm. playing uh, nuns. Who did you get in trouble with for for? Um... Well, I've, you know yourself. It's all subjective, isn't it? And mm. some some people would just think that oh, being you shouldn't a tra- be doing a traveller. You shouldn't be doing a traveller. It's racism, and I'd be like, well, they're part of the fabric of this country, so why won't I take the piss out of them like I take the piss out of everyone else? Mm-hmm. So yeah, because exclusion is is a two way thing, you know. So absolutely by yeah. ignoring it, you're making that's thoroughly more racist saying there is a problem there I, I can't know, yeah. do that kind of character whereas I had had I couldn't get that because I had had a great relationship with travellers in Mohill because the McDonough's are part of the town and they you know I've had to listen to Mrs McDonough sing 25 verses of song and stay with some sort of respect without hitting her over the head with a saucepan <laughs> but <laughs> you know uh, that sort of mm. thing so we were brought up in a town that had respect for the travelling community so mm-hmm. I didn't get all this kind of um uh, in 
you know, inverted racism at all. It's all this political correctness to outsiders who never even met a bloody traveller mm. in their lives. Oh, this totally, you like, you know, you can't really do that, like, they're an ethnic minority. Well, you know, they'd be the first people, if travellers moved in to their estate, they'd be like, oh, we can't have them here, they're bringing down the... the yeah, bringing the, down the, 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 the property prices, value. Yeah. Yeah. Rant over player one, your time is up, coming. <laughs> so anyway, these characters you did, uh, uh, like, kiss. how did you link them? Did you uh, link you them? Like, well, I had a, a G spot, so I had I had uh, a singer and mm. another guy who did uh, um, other characters as well, and did characters with me. Paddy Fagan is his name, and he's great. I'm actually meeting him for a walk afterwards, mm-hmm. but um, he is really great. I think Paddy's going to be something soon, um, but he's one of these people who does. Everything. He's everything from a DJ to a comedian to mm. a good friend to way too nice sometimes for the for the whole uh, scene. Um, yeah, so he'd he'd fill in and do a character, and then I come out or and uh, so we just rotated like a cabaret night, you know. Yeah. So it was great. It was really popular. It was like packed every Wednesday, and it sort of gave you a place to develop characters and to, and then we were there one night and Marion Cullen and Shay Shay um, Healy would Healy, you believe. Right came in and they said they were doing this show called The Unbelievable Truth. And uh, they said, will you do a character in it? And I went, of course, yeah, I'll do a character. But you're also like kind of very um, going, I want to write it. And I know what the character is saying because they want me to do Bernie. And mm. I saw I just went, well, I'll write it and I'll do the character and the whole lot. So I did. And RT went, we really like this character. And everyone nearly fainted because like it was like politically very incorrect. So uh, they gave us money for a pilot. Mm. And so we made the pilot and we brought the pilot in and it was refused. And I refused to take no for an answer. So I brought it out to to I went out again and I went, this is ridiculous. You don't have a female comedian at the moment. We've a great history in the country for female comedians. I can do more. Watch this. And so when they saw the other stuff, you showed them more stuff. That yeah, you chat. like uh, Liz and and. Um, uh, and uh, Sheila and like uh, yeah. so I gave them more stuff and they went yeah no we really like it we'll give you enough we'll give you a three-parter so yeah. they gave me a three-parter and then seven years later I was still doing it yeah. so it's like yeah so it was a great success story it's kind of like I forget half of it because I was so busy do you know mm. but um, yeah and once again on TV then you must have been doing bigger venues and yeah well did Vicar Street 16 times and filled mm. it and went to all the usual, you know, the places, all the like the Opera House and the Castle Bar. And I I need to downsize now and be able to go to smaller venues because the show is too big and it's too expensive to put on, you know. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you have a cast with you? Yeah, we yeah. had back and singers and video installation and music and yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, we were very innocent. We wanted to give everything to the audience, so we spent a fortune on the thing. I should have just got one microphone and ripped everyone off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, production is a good thing. I mean, yeah. uh, even working with Pat Short, he, he put a lot of money into light, lighting and yeah. making a good atmosphere. So he could actually transform a parish hall in Ballinasloe into a beautiful into, venue. Yeah, you know, it's and important, pe- People isn't it? had a good night out then. And know. also what it does is it, it makes... Makes for a nicer little tour because you have a great little crew around you and all that. I loved mm. hanging out with the crew, the Vicar Street lads and all that sort of stuff. And mm. and you're given more jobs. You're given the lighting and, you know, those people need jobs too. So it's socialism is mm-hmm. production. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then that was the time of the Celtic Tiger when uh, people would go out on a Monday night. In... On a Monday night, yeah. 
I'd be talking about, oh, sure, we're going to, we're going to Fleetwood Mac tomorrow. And then on Friday, we're having off to New York and we're going to go with empty suitcases and we're going to go into Marcy's. And I swear to God, I'm going to just pick, 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 pick. And I'm going to come home and the feet will be burnt off me. But sure, that's the way. That's right. Uh, I'm a timeshare in a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Everyone had a helicopter then. Jesus Christ. Did you ever go to Galway races? After buying four houses in Bulgaria. <laughs> I went to the Galway races one time and it was like being in Vietnam. There were so many helicopters coming in and out. It's like, unbelievable. Yes, we're, we're staying in a hotel in Waterford and flying to the Galway races. And we are after buying a horse in the way and it's low. Bring the horse in the helicopter, sure. Uh, well, oh so I could God, see other horses. <laughs> I think it's a horse that doesn't know it's a horse. <laughs> I think he thinks he's a donkey. <laughs> so we're showing him some other horses for the weekend. Yeah. He's so. in a horse kennel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those are the days. But listen, I, I think your audience as well are... I find Old this, now. No, they, they probably are, but so are mine. But, um, uh, you know, mad, isn't it? Your gigs are... are it's it's yeah, wild, are. isn't it? They are wild, Um because I play Sheila Sheik, I go in as a bouncer go, now nah, you bleeding knackers, show yeah. me your bags and there's a big in some of the bags and everything. <laughs> and yeah. I'm only joking originally, I went, there actually was naggins of Bacardi in the women's bags. Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, even Bren Berry would say, now after your gig, uh, Catherine, there's a lot of uh, empty bottles, naggins of uh, Bacardi under the tables. I went, yeah, good for them. You know, but uh, also... I, yeah, and I, 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 did somebody tell me they have to get a lot of Blue Wicked in or something? Yeah, probably. For your gigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but silly, Jason Burns is the same. He has Jason crazy Byrne, bur- uh, yeah. gig. Yeah, oh, it wasn't Jason Byrne that they yeah. were telling me about. And, and Al Porter now as well. Yeah, Al is great. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of yeah. like... Uh, I passed the baton to uh, Al for a while. Of the camp, the, the camp, camp baton. comedy. Yeah. yeah, he actually referenced you, and I interviewed him, and he he said that you kept the camp light alive or ah, whatever. That yeah, was nice of yeah. Him. he's very well, sweet. While he was just six, yeah, he was waiting. He was waiting. <laughs> just, yeah. But you know what? He's going to go places. All he's got a great energy, and yeah. you know he's he he kind of needs to probably get out of here and just go for it. You know. Yeah. He's young enough to do that. When I started doing this, all this sort of stuff, I was in my 30s. So he's only in his 20s and he's no single, young, yeah, yeah. young Franklancy, get out, go to London, get into the BBC, America, wherever. I think he'd be great in America. I think maybe America, yeah. yeah, He'd be great one of, like, he's got that kind of. I don't want to, it's probably insulting him, but because we have Graham Norton in in England, I think they might look at, oh, we've got one gay Irish man. Yeah, exactly. How will they have. Stephen Fry, I suppose he doesn't qualify himself. You wouldn't qualify him as gay there. Well, yeah, he's not camp. Yeah, do you not think so? I think he's Stephen is. Fry. Stephen Fry, he's not in the tradition mm. of camp comedian. Like um, that, you say Al Porter would reference Frankie Howard yeah, and totally Larry Grayson and people yeah. like that. Yeah, Dick Emery like, even like he's like, yeah. you know he's like all that old vaudeville yeah. rather than you know vaudeville kind of cabaret style stuff like which I love. Yeah. Like, you know, what was funnier than, like, the likes of Tommy Cooper doing a funny walk? Like, I mean, that's what uh, we belly laughed at as children. <laughs> Tommy Cooper is a hero of mine, yeah. Yeah, Amazing. he's so... He makes me sad. He makes me 
There's something know. really sad about his Isn't face. It? Well, because he's trying really hard to do a trick and it's just not working for him and he's sweating and everything. I know. <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah. there's also an element of sadness. Yeah, there is. It's got that the empathy you have for Tommy is great. Yeah, my dad loved Tommy as well and we loved him as a kid. So, But also he was hilarious without being um, dirty and there's very, like, you know, that kind mm. of medium of com- comedy. He had a few innuendos, of course, but... They were just so smart. His brain was just something else. I don't know if there's mm. ever going to be a one a him again. Do you know? I don't think so. And no. he could do it with just a table and a few magic tricks. Yeah. Just him standing there. It was incredible. incredible. Uh, he had a face, though, that uh, it's just his head. There was something about it. You just had to look. He just could stand there yeah. and you would laugh. <laughs> you know, just that. He was a bit the same, the fellow. What's his name? Sad the looking face. piano guy. Uh, uh, Dawson. Dawson. Les Dawson. Yeah. yeah. He kind of had that. Oh, he had a great face. Mm. And the mother-in-law jokes, but that kind of see people came to television. I suppose at the at that in those years they came and they sat down and they watched these shows that they put aside during the week. Now we watch the whole online family watched and, it yeah. together. So I think television's dying a death. You know, now we watch online and we wonder. You know, and half the time we're going, you were great on such and such a thing. You know, you're only after just seeing it on Facebook. You know, just telling, tell, you were brilliant. But um, mm. yeah. So when's the last time you watch television in real time? I probably don't at all. It's it's usually uh, yeah after the event yeah. or Netflix. Oh, you know. Yeah. So then it's very hard to do that kind of comedy anymore on television. Even mine, I was so lucky that it was zygast for me that I was in television in the years I was in television because we got great um, uh, ratings because people came to the show mm. like. People like watched like women all on Twitter saying or on Facebook saying that they were going to open a bottle of wine or whatever. They phone each other and all that and sitting down watching it. That's not going to happen again for a while. It's end in, because of online stuff. When it actually goes on. Yeah. So yeah. when it's live on the yeah. show. Yeah, I guess so. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. I, think, I still think Irish people want to watch Irish TV. Oh, yeah, they do. You know, totally. And they love we love laughing at ourselves. <laughs> we do. Yeah. Yeah. We love saying that's exactly what happened to you, Mary. Oh, Remember? She's image you. That's what they all say. <laughs> Are you playing Mary Maguire from Castle Bar because you're brilliant at her? Oh, no, I'm not playing her. I don't even know Mary Maguire from Castle Bar. Well, you're the stamp of her when you're playing that. Uh, you know, the one with the black hair, the lesbian one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they all think I'm playing somebody they know. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Did you meet her? I said, I never met her. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think of somebody when you're coming up with a character? Have you someone in mind? Probably a collection might... of a few people. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, there's a bit of my mother in Liz Hurley. Obviously, my mother's not really? gay, but there's a bit of yeah. that f- football fanatic. She's a nut job when it yeah. comes to football. She'll go to, in the morning, she'll be down at the park at an under 12 game. And then f- she'll be gone to a county county game. And then she'll come home and maybe my brother will play in an intermediate game. And she'll go to that. And that's like all my life. My mother has been at football matches. Yeah. So it's quite. <laughs> and does she shout a lot? And she would. She, sh- she no, she is or? not the reference to the shouting. A friend mm. of hers who used to go to the football matches is the reference to the shouting. Mm. And my mother actually goes, uh, is quite uh, civilized on the on the sideline. Mm. And then there was another girl who had a Honda 50 who trains the football team and she was quite sophisticated. She wasn't like that. So mm. it's a mishmash of all those kind of women in the GAA kind mm-hmm. of um, a collection of that. Yeah. 
So yeah. I love that character. It's she's really she has pathos, you know. Yeah. There's uh, everyone's feels sorry for her. she's always bullied by the team and all that. And do you get a good reaction then from the gay community? Which yeah, they the they kind of yeah. See, I'm dipping. I was dipping kind of uh, my toes in the water for other people, and it kind of. It's it yeah it's good you know I think I was like when you think of it at all that's happened in the referendum and all that yes. stuff I got took stick for doing gay things you know and uh, I'm a straight woman save me to a certain extent but now I hope it has opened up a little bit of uh, a, a way so you know people can express themselves more maybe and there's going to be you know instead of having a the gay festival and the straight festival we can just have a bloody festival now you know what i mean mm. you know so it's like the gay film festival and what's stopping us straight people going and watching a lovely a romance between two people you know mm-hmm. so yeah hopefully that's all mm-hmm. the next the next chapter it's funny when all the when the gay clubs started opening in dublin like um sides or before that the hirschfield center in temple bar yeah they were the places to go for good music. I bet. Well, you know. I wasn't. I wasn't in Dublin at that stage, but I do know all the. I know the great DJ Tony Walsh was uh, the DJ there, and yeah. still is a great DJ, and still is like yeah. uh, one of the backbone members of the gay scene. I used to give out flyers on the Friday night for sides uh, cool. around the bars. No way. Uh, for a bottle of wine. That's well. That was my payment. No way. Is <laughs> yeah. that all you got? Bottle of wine, maybe twenty, maybe twenty quid or something like that. And were you um, doing acting so. at the time, or? No, I was just working in um, uh, Max Records in George's Arcade. I don't know why. I think You're I used to go cool. down to sides a lot, and I knew the bar girl quite well. I can't remember her name, but she was a big friend of. of um, Oh, what's the, what's his, what's another year? Um, Johnny Logan. Johnny Logan, because he he'd be in there at the odd time, and uh, they were looking for someone to do the flyers, and I was I was skint, so you know yeah. you could go around and and just chat to people in Brilliant. the bars. Then I'd go into the Kyo's and blah blah, blah and then go into the George as well, and um, all around. I um, did them for the kitchen. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. I did, yeah, yeah, I did them for the kitchen until. Mm. Well, I was barred out of the Foggy Drew. I'm still barred out of the Foggy Drew. Are you? Because yeah, it was. <laughs> it was that time when the the times of the pubs had changed, and it was like a uh, bars had started to stay open until half one mm. instead of closing at half eleven, mm. and the Foggy Drew wouldn't let me do the flyers because if I was going in flyering, I was taking, taking business from customers. them. So your man was like, get out here, Jesus, now you're not allowed to get out. And I went, I didn't even, I just was going to ask you. And he goes, you get out. And I went, don't treat me like a dog. And um, he goes, uh, I said, get out. And he pushed me and I went, you treat somebody like a dog and they're going to act like a dog. So I got up on the counter and started barking. (laughs) 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 On all fours, walking the counter while him running after me. Get out of here. I think you made your point there. I made my point. Very well. (laughs) Very subtly, you made your point. <laughs> Even to this day, if I go in, he's still the barman there. He goes red in the face and purple, and he would just, That's I just hilarious. go. <laughs> he uh, hates me. I've had a show of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good girl yourself. I got barred from there as well. And yeah. I can't remember why. I'm not sure. But in obstreperous in some way. There was, there's a stained glass, um, there's a couple of stained glass uh, pieces in Grogan's of customers yeah. f- uh, from, they used to drink there a yeah. lot and uh, they were ordered anyway. Uh, what was 
the names? Catherine Lamb made them, She uh, an artist. And uh, by the time she'd made them, uh, about four of the people in the stained glass thing were barred. Were barred. Because <laughs> yeah, I know, because yeah. Michael Hartnett is in it, isn't he? I think. I the think so. Poet. The poet. Yeah. I used to live in the same house no as him. Way. He gave me his book and signed it and everything. Do you have a necklace of wrens, that book? I'm not sure oh. what the name of the book is, but he I still have it. A really nice man, man really dote of a man. Yeah. yeah, I used to really he, be fond of him. He actually lived uh, upstairs from me and. Um, On Leeson Street? Yeah, Upper Leeson Street. Oh, yeah. well, you see, maybe that's because um, I worked in the antique shop, the lace lady across the road oh really all right like i was privileged to work there because only in in latter years did i realize how privileged i was because michael would come down and he'd come into me in the morning for a coffee yeah and then mick christopher coming around with the dogs mick Mick christopher from the frames you know oh right yeah 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 yeah. and uh the poor guy who passed away and uh so he'd come around and have a chat and then there was, uh, what do you call him, PJ Dunleavy from The oh, Ginger yeah. Man. OK. And whoever was with Michael would come in and have a sit down and there was and a woman called Anne Conmey who lived upstairs from him. She's a oh, famous yes. actress. She was, yeah. She's, uh, uh, well, she's got a great line in uh, My Left Foot where there's a, ru- in the pub, she just goes, let's wreck the place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a big fight. But she was a great stage actress and uh, she... Um, was telling me that she had a part uh, that was touring the UK and oh what's her name uh, Yellow Brick Road what's the actress um, Julie or no Judy um, Garland Judy Garland yeah. came in to see her but wanted her part and uh, was kind of trying to get her part and, but she was pissed yeah and uh, yeah so she's a, a very famous actress uh, but Michael Hartnett actually yeah because he lived upstairs with me and I was on the phone when I used to do this character on um, RTE radio and I'd be t- doing it down the phone when there was a phone in the hall, like there'd be no one had mobile phones. Oh, yeah. There was just a pay phone in the hall of the house. Oh, no way. And I, I was doing this character really loudly. And uh, he came out and he was like really annoyed. And he looked down to see who was shouting. And he saw it was me. And he went back into his flat and slammed the door. And he turned on the radio to, to get away from me yeah. and turned on the radio. And I was on the radio because no I was doing it. I was doing it live on RTE. So and did he come out? He told and- me that story. Oh. Yeah. Did, and did you because he used to conduct and play as opera music really loud as well seemingly oh I don't know I never heard that never but heard yeah that. no I was so fond of uh, Michael I was a good little friend of Michael's and mm. I'd walk him into Grogan's and but oh, there's right. one particular story about Michael I hope your audience even know who he is but Michael Harton is a wonderful poet go and check him out online he's mm. great A Necklace of Rounds is a beautiful collection of poetry um, and he's the most un-remembered um, poet I think yeah. we've had yeah. You know, um, but he uh, we went to the arts club one night. He said, would you chaperone me to mm. the arts club? And I went, of course, I will, Michael. So he had a few drinks on him mm. and we went and there was uh, it was um, uh, sculptures. So the sculpture was there and uh, gave a speech and the whole lot. And the sculptures were all um, arranged in a circle, you know, like um, on podiums. Mm. So it was a, like a like a little Lord of the Rings kind of scenario. Yeah. So Michael fell against one of the podiums and yeah. it went a domino effect right around oh, the no. whole lot of the, <laughs> the yeah. sculptures. They all crashed on the floor of the arts club and every one of them smashed into bits. I don't know what they were made of, like, but um, marble yeah. probably or something like that. So um, 
all I could do was stand there and howl after howl until we were both thrown out of the arts club. That was that. Jesus. <laughs> How do you get out of that one? How do you get out of that one? The yeah. poor man was mortified, That's but it. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> you might as well enjoy that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Would the you? arts club. I used to I used to model in the arts club for the uh, sketches and stuff. No in, way. In the new ed. What have you not done? <laughs> I've done a lot of things. Trying to uh, build a career. <laughs> oh my God, that should be well, your stand-up show of uh, all your jobs. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go yeah, from yeah, job yeah, to yeah, job yeah, to job. Yeah. Sandwich bar and all that as well, yeah. yeah. I've done crazy jobs How too. did we get to that? We were talking about the, the gay clubs, I think. Was yeah. it? What was um, it? Yeah. Oh, yes. That I, uh, in 1998, I won All Time with Ireland and then... Uh, uh, I yeah, know, and then we the, already know about no, that. No, we all yeah. wrote, re, yeah. no, yeah, no, that's where the last connection in my head is. So. Yeah, okay. Oh, I was just saying, you, you so, got a good connect, you got a good reaction from the gay community. Oh, yeah. And from okay. the travelling community, did you? And from the travelling community yeah. and from, yeah, yeah. and mm. from Tala, because I had like totally ripping the piss out of the Tala women. Yeah. So, um, that was the, Tala is such a great place and everyone was really cool out there and let me use their roads and their public transport and their pubs and their restaurants and their chippers. And yeah. yeah, so I had a great time. I don't miss it because it was tough work, you know, and um, it's tough work when you're performing mm. and trying to learn lines and you're in the midst of, of reality, because like we normally mm. have the fourth wall to protect ourselves if on some level, if we're performing. But mm. the way I was um, bringing characters into reality was tough work because. Yeah. Oh, sorry, because we were bringing the characters uh, in pubs and places yeah where, exactly where, so you'd have to you know take so many takes because you can't really have them all you know we didn't have a film crew so you couldn't shut the things down yeah and yeah you shouldn't yeah. couldn't have somebody on a clipboard and we were gorilla gorilla in it most of the time so yeah it was a great challenge but it wrecked me as well so yeah. i took time off then and just, yeah. i spent three months in france this year so a oh, fair play you have yeah. a place there do you i have a small little pied de terre which roughly translates into i think in french you couldn't swing a bleeding cat Right. <laughs> but yeah. it's I. I'm not knocking it. I'm not being that Irish person. I'm very proud that I have it, and I work hard to keep it because it's taxes and crap like that, and oh, yeah. plants are huge. So oh, they are. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, and I'll have to get back uh, back on the road now and start working to keep it as well. Right. Yeah. Good. But when when you're when you're recording those characters, then do you know when you're shooting them? that sketch is going to work no, on TV. No, you don't know. You have a yeah. skeleton of a sketch and then I have to improv on top of that mm. and then go with what other what stuff happens. Because so, the first show you did was interacting with people, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, first uh, one was Working Girls and that mm. was Bernie and... Uh, like you were down to Sheila. Plowing Championship, were you? One plowing time? Championship, yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I forget all those things. Um, mm. And then... There was another car. I did Busty Liker there then, which was mm. it. We got something like half a million viewers on the on the, the the second one because the first one went out and everyone loved it. And the third one was Busty, which wasn't as good a show. And I was on the late, late going and the next one. And what's your next character? Pat was asking. And I went, she's um, Busty Liker, which is an adult entertainment movie star. Uh, from LA who's too old now to be a porn star because she got uh, or no she was a foot foot fetish model she's Mm. too old now and also she's got Veruca so uh, (laughs) (laughs) just as an add-on so yeah Yeah. so that went out uh, to absolute people going that's disgusting she's disgusting she did a porn star so I was Mm. like totally 
that's what you'd have to do in Ireland, isn't it? Really, you become like really popular when you're really bold. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, so I got second series. Went on Joe that. Duffy and all did it. Did it? The, the yeah, on the Joe Duffy and everything. But mm. I, it's it's funny because I can see Panty doing that now at the moment. She, she's too busy to be worried about what people are thinking. Mm. It's only mm. when you calm down a bit and you and you Google yourself, which is the biggest mistake in the world, and mm. you see horrible things like you see all the beautiful things, but you can only remember the horrible one or two things people say. You know. Mm. But, uh, so don't Google yourself. Don't Google yourself, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's kind of messing with your head, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it can be very, it can be very, the people can be nasty online because yeah, they're, they're kind of anonymous or something, isn't it? Yeah, keyboard warriors, isn't that what they call them? Mm. You know, mm. they think that they have, um, well, they're always lazy gits who sit at home and eat tater crisps, sandwiches. I'm fucking go you know? out. I mean, yeah. What is wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they don't have lives themselves. Mm. So what are you going to do now? Are you, are you, are you, I want to get back on stage because yeah. I miss the stage. But um, I you didn't. Have, can I just say you did an album? Oh, I did an well, album. Yeah, you really could have played a song on that. You see, I'm so I bad could, at report uh, at uh, promote myself. Mm. Um, yeah, I did an album uh, called Settling Dust, and mm. it went in the charts at number twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an affair of the heart, and it was like you don't make money in the music industry. But I did a couple mm. of gigs and did. Uh, um, uh, the Sugar Club and all that and I really really loved it and I loved hanging out with the lads and making the music and um, writing it myself and all yeah. that sort of stuff and that was a dream come true because um, it's just not as a, the urgency isn't there you don't have to have finished and you know the the mus- musos are like you know don't worry about it and I'm like it has to be done and I'm like no it doesn't oh, man, you know take your time man take your time man so I really enjoyed that and I met great people um, I think it must be hard, though, to go from writing comedy to, to being... I went from being a, in a serious band yeah. to doing comedy, which is kind of hard as well. It's just that people's perception of you is as a, a guy who writes intense yeah. words and then he's acting like the idiot. Like a, yeah, you I went know. the other way. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Because people have weird. a perception of you. And they, yeah, and it's like it's annoying more so because we're mm. capable of doing other things like you have well my heroes are capable of doing both like mm. my heroes would be the likes of Bette Midler who's capable of making you cry and making you laugh you know Mm-mm. so if it's entertaining which my album is kind of a little bit sad because I I wrote it when my father passed away oh. and I wrote it because I just had lost uh, and because I suppose of the history of him writing all comedy and us doing mm. the sketches I was broken hearted and I suppose I couldn't really. Um, you couldn't be funny. You couldn't, couldn't go on and be. really be funny. And I had to go on actually two days after he passed away and we buried him. I was in Vicker Street in front of all the people, but I was on autopilot. Really, I'm sure you've done a gig on autopilot. You know what I mean? Mm. And there's like a world of shit going on in your life and you still have to go out and go bang. I'm here, mm. which we did. And, and it was great. But uh, the album was my saviour because it meant that if, instead of paying a fortune on therapy, I went and uh, could go and delve into the songs and mm. delve into the music. So that it just saved my ass, you know. Mm. So uh, do you have a partner, a, you know, life, life partner, a life partner? No, mm. I've seen mm. somebody, but I don't have mm. a life partner. I have a mm. creative partner, but uh, <laughs> I've seen somebody. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I always keep that side of my life a pretty quiet when you're a girl and you go to like just say I went to once last night and I didn't bring him because it'd be on the it'd be stupid like in the Herald and Catherine oh, oh really it's loads of, yeah it's mm. like you see it like poor well Jennifer doesn't mind now she's married and all that sort of stuff or anyone with a spouse it's like click mm. click 
Mm. I suppose you can, you can, yeah. But I'm saying if you're going through a tough time, let's say your, your father's there, are there people around you that you can turn to and stuff? Yeah, well, they've no choice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a whinger. If I need to cry, I will cry. If I need to laugh, I will laugh. I have yeah. no, thankfully enough, I come from a very sane background, you know, um, well, sane-ish, but emotionally aware background, I suppose I should yeah. say. So, uh, yeah, we express ourselves all the time. So it's... Um, it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. But it, like when you go through grief, that year yeah. is the absolutely horrible. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you've suffered grief or. Uh, yeah, yes, I think when my father died as well. But yeah. um, I'm not sure if I was. Oh, well, I went through terrible grief when my mother died. But that was yeah. that was oh, when I, I was 11. So oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever recovered from that. One. You probably wouldn't recover no. from that at 11. No. Because it's like. Um, and that, like. I really think they should bring back the black band, you know, and give mm. people a break for a year. Because mm. I was just talking to a friend of mine whose father has passed away too. And he's like going, I'm going into the, the doctor and I'm going to get some antidepressants. And I went, hold on a minute. You're in grief. Mm. It's completely normal. Uh, get melancholic. Sit back. Listen to music. Get mm. everyone around you to be nicer to you and kinder mm. to you. Cut back a bit on work. But do not go into the doctor and get bloody antidepressants mm. and just cover this up because it's a natural grief. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I went through this guilt that I hadn't visited him uh, yeah. uh, enough. You know what I mean? You, you kind of have two young kids and go, oh, I haven't got time to go down to his house. You know, all that kind yeah. of and I was thinking that. But I had this dream, which is mad. Like I had this dream where I was with my two kids in a room, for some reason, just in this room. And he came in and he hugged me and he said, it's OK. Oh, wow. And, I'm after getting a shiver. So he did. I... Woke up with every th- a weight just lifted. Oh, that was amazing. Mm. Wow. Well, my mother had a dream and I, it's in on the album. It's called Twilight Romance. And she came out of her room one night and you'd always worry about somebody who thought, God, they're sleeping on their own now and all this. Mm. And she goes, I just had a dream about Tom and he's he's waiting under a light light post. Um, lamppost. Lamppost. Um, mm. And he's just waiting for me. I'm getting ready and we're going to a dance. And that's the way it's going to be until until we meet again. And I went, oh, yeah. So in the measure of eternal love and eternal eternity, that basically his their separation is only if you believe in a bigger thing is only the amount of time she's getting ready to go to a dance. Mm -hmm. So that uh, it's a song called Twilight Romance. So I can send it to you if you want to play it. But uh, it's uh, yeah. Are we allowed to play uh, music online on this podcast without with pain if, if you give me permission yeah I think you can yeah. yeah I can I can yeah it's called Twilight Romance very nice okay cool and there's a little link actually to it where they're dancing so I can give you the link oh brilliant yeah so, yeah. Yeah, yeah give me the link yeah, yeah. that'd be fantastic well on that note <laughs> it got very serious there <laughs> that was lovely though no it was nice and uh, yeah um, I think I think uh, we got uh, we didn't do that in the first <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do that in the first uh, talk. So, um, no, I was so funny in the first talk. You were very funny. No, you were very <laughs> funny. I, I was so raging. We lost that because it was actually brilliant as well. This was amazing as well. Um, but if we've lost this one. <laughs> We're just going to have to meet every week. And do yeah, one. yes. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is my plan. It's, um, and the show is called iCloud because nobody can find it. Changing. We're changing uh, the name of the show to uh, interviewing Catherine Lynch every week. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Well, thanks for coming in, Catherine. Thanks, Joe. Well, there you go. That was Catherine Lynch, and uh, that was a, that was a nice little interview there. A nice little chat we had there. Uh, so uh, up in the coming uh, the coming uh, week, I'm going to be in McGrory's Donegal, uh, McGrory's of Kuldaff on the 17th with Kevin McAleer. Uh, on the 20th, I'll be in the International Bar with the Dublin Comedy Improv. On the 22nd, I'm going to be on the Tom Dunn Show, talking uh, about comedy and uh, stuff like that what am I talking about oh I can't remember and uh, on uh, the 23rd I'm going to be in Ned Natterjacks in Castle Gregory and uh, on the uh, 25th the uh, Vodafone Comedy Festival is on and on the 25th I will be with the Improv All-Stars and Phil Jupitus please go to that festival it's really good some great acts are on and um, it's it's really, really beautiful atmosphere in the Ivy Gardens where you have different marquees and lots of uh, street theatre on as well and a bar and food and then there's just different marquees with different great comedy on. It's really, really worth going to. And then on the, 30, on the 30th and the 31st, I'm in the Laughter Lounge. Uh, so uh, if you've liked the show, if you like the podcast, please give us a, a comment or a star rating on iTunes. Just some feedback would be great. Uh, I know there's plenty, there's lots of people listening, and uh, just give me a comment on uh, I on uh, Twitter. I'm at Joe Rooney One, the number one, and uh, this is uh, a castaway media production and there are other shows on the on castaway as well and this week i've been listening to 738 am which is hosted by andrew mangan who produces this show and uh, a couple of the podcasts i listened to was a great interview with john kelly from john kelly ensemble on lyric fm the tv presenter and radio person and another brilliant one with lenny abrahamson the director of frank and what richard did and adam and paul and Really interesting interview. So uh, that's it. Uh, great. Thanks, 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 thanks for listening. And next week I'll be talking to Shan Bradley. I've already uh, interviewed her when I was over in London at the weekend and she was the original um, member of the Nipple Erectors who uh, was the band that originally had Shane McGowan as lead singer and she auditioned Shane McGowan for that band. She was there at the beginning of Punk, the Sex Pistols, the uh, Malcolm McLaren, uh, we talk about all that and she was in the band called Men They Couldn't Hang she has a song called Shan Bradley which is written by the Pogues on the uh, EP with um, um, uh, New York Christmas New York Fairytale New York uh, uh, 12 inch EP so uh, yeah listen uh, thanks for listening see you next week bye Hey, I get it. 
I used to be the one planning my day around finding a bathroom and living in fear of an accident. I tried the pills and pads, but they just weren't working for me. If you're living like I was, it's time to find an expert physician and ask them about Axonics therapy. It's not another drug. It's an advanced therapy that is proven to provide lasting relief for overactive bladder. Still not sure? You can even try it first to make sure it works for you. You're not alone and you don't have to put up with this anymore. You just have to take the first step towards finding real relief. Visit findrealrelief.com to find a bladder specialist. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.